Welcome to the WIDA Connect podcast series, where we will explore all the hot topics affecting the equipment dealer industry. From industry news, government affairs, and manufacturer relations, to business best practices, technology, and marketing for equipment dealers, brought to you by the Western Equipment Dealers Association, here to advocate, elevate, and educate. And now, let's connect. Hi, this is Mike Kramer, Western Equipment Dealers Association. In this podcast, we are completing our series about questions to ask before acquiring a new manufacturer. As usual, I'm visiting with the CEO of the Western Equipment Dealers Association, John Schmeiser. In our previous podcast, John explained contract termination and other requirements. And today, it's all about company and product information. John, this is the home stretch. Are you ready to go? I am, Mike. Once again, thank you for having me. Great. There are four categories under company and product information, beginning with company information. It sounds redundant, John, but there is a purpose. You know, I believe that manufacturers do due diligence on potential dealers for the product, and I think the reverse should be true as well. Dealers should be doing due diligence on their manufacturer as well. So, you know, they should clearly understand what the ownership or the management structure is at that manufacturer and their distributor levels. Has there been any changes within the last 12 months or 24 months? Has there been some financial difficulties? Do they, at, at the very least, have an organizational chart and a list of the company officers so they can identify who their key contact people you know, would be with this company? And keep in mind, when you take on a new product line, you're going to be ramping up as quickly as possible to get product, start your relationship with the manufacturer, you know, find out all the process, all the channels for inventory ordering, delivery issues and everything, making sure you know who you're dealing with and who the key contact people within the organization are essential right from day one. And I think it's good to look back at the history of the company. You know, well, has there been some ownership changes in the past? Has there been some management changes in the past? Is this company portraying to you a strong degree of stability or is it instability? And that really ties into the financial information as well, too. What financial information is that manufacturer, is that company willing to share with you? You know, some are publicly traded and there's access to their, you know, financial reports on a quarterly basis. But privately held manufacturers maybe are keeping their financial information close to their chest. I think it's a question to ask, what's the stability of, of your company from a financial point of view? How financially sound are you? And what information can you provide to back that up? And related to this, Mike, we also have a number of short-line specialty manufacturers that do business with third-party finance companies. I think it's appropriate to reach out to those third-party finance companies that are doing floor planning with a manufacturer to repeatedly ask that finance company is, is what standards are you holding that manufacturer to before you provide financing to? Are they providing you financial updates quarterly on an annual basis? What review is being done to ensure that your end is protected? Because if a manufacturer is using a third-party finance company, and heaven forbid 
they go under, well, the dealer's relationship continues on with a third-party finance company. And that's where their obligation is because they've signed a separate contract to secure financing from that recommended provider of the manufacturer. So it's key for a dealer to have conversations with the third-party finance company that this new manufacturer is doing business with and start asking you know, financial questions as well. What's their cash flow like? What's the company's current debt load? Has there been change in ownership? Have there been change in management? How stable is this company? It's very important for a dealer to know who they're doing business with. All right, John. Well, from there, we move on to dealer-manufacturer relations, the area that is widely considered the association's number one priority. In a previous podcast, Mike, we discussed the Industry Relations Task Force and how that group of association managers is meeting with manufacturers and the manufacturers' associations on a very regular basis. In a lot of cases, our Industry Relations Task Force dialogues with the manufacturer's dealer council on important issues to make sure that when we're having these meetings with the manufacturers, we're discussing the priority items. So, you know, at the start of a new relationship with a manufacturer, a question that should be asked is, how do you address dealer-manufacturer relations? And specifically, do you have a dealer council in place? And if you do have a dealer council in place, how are those dealers appointed to the council? Are they elected by dealers themselves, other dealers carrying that same line, or are they appointed by the manufacturer? What's the expectation of the manufacturer of that dealer council? Do they expect the dealer council to be a forum where ideas and concepts are bounced off between the dealer council in an effort to solidify the relationship and make this a true partnership between dealer and manufacturers? Or is the dealer council basically a rubber stamp? for the manufacturer of where ideas are driven down, and then the dealer council approves it, and then manufacturers use the approval of the dealer council to drive down this this change, this policy change to the dealers. So the dealer council does play an important role between the dealers and the manufacturers, but there are effective dealer councils and less effective dealer councils. A question that a dealer should be asking at the start of their relationship. In addition to that, who are the representatives on the council? Who are the dealers on the council? Are they respected dealers? Are they dealers that operate good businesses and are good representatives of the brand? That's an important consideration as well. And then when we get actually into a dealer-manufacturer dispute, does this go through the dealer council? Does this go directly to the salespeople or the leadership of the manufacturer? And I guess if all else fails, uh, Mike, a good reminder that the associations through the Industry Relations Task Force are an excellent forum to discuss issues of concern with manufacturers and never, ever forget to reach out to your equipment dealer association to bring manufacturer issues at light so that they can be addressed through the channel that we provide that is a complement to the dealer council. All right, John. Well, next up is product distribution channels. What makes this important? One of the things that we're seeing as a trend in the industry is manufacturers having a desire to bypass the dealer channel altogether and go direct to the customer. And if that's the case, if that's a practice of this manufacturer, 
uh, we would suggest that you reconsider doing business with them. The dealer channel has been an effective model for equipment distribution in North America going back over 100 years. The manufacturers are concerned about selling products, but we sign as dealers a sales and service agreement, and we should never, ever forget the important component of, of service and parts. When a customer buys a product from an equipment store, they're expecting sales, support, service support, and parts support when they buy that whole good. So if a manufacturer is going dealer direct, we're missing an important part of that sales component in terms of service and parts and how is that going to be delivered to the customer. So we ask them, our dealers to ask that question with the manufacturers. Like, you know, show us your dealer channel. Do you sell outside the dealer channel? In some cases, there's national sales that take place. In other cases, there's sales to mass merchandisers or big box stores that take place. Well, it's important for a dealer to understand their role in that process. Is a dealer going to be responsible for the setup and the service of equipment that is sold through a mass merchandiser or big box channel? So it's important that a dealer clearly understand that at the beginning so there's no surprises. And it's very important to, to focus on that parts and service department and what is the process of servicing the customer after the product is sold, no matter who has sold it? Okay, well, John, we have finally reached the last item here, and it is product information. One of the most fascinating things about the equipment industry is the amount of R&D dollars that our manufacturers spend on developing new products. Um, a lot of the whole goods that have been developed both on the agricultural and the construction side are leading edge, very sophisticated, lots of technology. And it's very exciting to look at what the future has in store for us as we see the manufacturers respond to demands for more sophistication in equipment. So a great conversation to have with the manufacturer is what's the future? What's the future for your product? How much money are you putting into R&D? Make sure that you're competitive in the future. And I think that itself is something that a dealer looks at as to whether they take the product line on in the first place. But, you know, as we look towards the future, we should also look towards the past and we should learn from the past. So it's important for a dealer to ask, you know, on past products, existing products that are going to be retailed, what recall or modifications have occurred in the last 12 months? What product improvements have been out there? What type of support has there been provided to a dealer who has to do the modifications or product improvements over the past 12 or 24 months? Has the manufacturer experienced any strikes, any work slowdowns or work interruptions in the past that have curtailed or stopped production of equipment or, or parts? Some manufacturers have great relationships with their factory workers, with their vendors, with their suppliers. Having an examination of that, again, a dealer doing their due diligence is helpful to help them understand what type of a company they're looking to establish a partnership and a relationship. And then we, I guess, also have to address the legal side of it as well. Has the manufacturer faced any product liability litigation over the past while? What type of lawsuits? Have they faced in court? Where have these lawsuits been driven? Have they been driven by end users? 
Do they typically involve a dealer when it comes to product liability? Very important for a dealer to have a look at that legal history as well, because heaven forbid, a dealer could be drawn into that lawsuit into the future. You know, John, the topics uh, we've been discussing in this podcast series about questions dealers need to ask before they take on a new equipment line, these are important to members. Would it be safe to call this an ongoing process, something that is constantly reviewed and evaluated by the association? Yes, absolutely, Mike. And that's a great comment because one thing that we are doing as an association and through our industry relations task force, you know, we're having this you know regular dialogue about what's happening in the industry and what the challenges of the industry and where the industry is going. And we're seeing a lot of manufacturers update their dealer contracts. And we're seeing provisions that come into that contract that are putting more risk and more responsibility on the dealers as the market changes. So these ongoing conversations, they are going to continue. We as an association will continue to have this dialogue on the priority issues that the dealers identify to us. And the bottom line, we will continue to work in a mindset that a relationship with the manufacturer is a partnership. It's not a one-way relationship, but it's a partnership. And we think that's the best for the industry and the best way to serve our customers. In the end, Mike, if our customers are successful, our dealers are successful. And if dealers are successful, manufacturers are successful. It's a good way to put it, John. The brochure, questions to ask before acquiring a new manufacturer is available on WIDA's website under the Advocate tab. That's at westerneda.com. And you can also find previous podcasts under the News tab and choose WIDA Connect from the drop-down menu. This has been great conversations, John, we've had. We thank you, John Schmeiser, CEO, Western Equipment Dealers Association. Thank you very much, Mike. And thank you for tuning in, everyone. I'm Mike Kramer. Be safe. This has been WIDA Connect. If you have a question, would like to suggest future topics, or just tell us what you think about the show, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us at westerneda.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We To Connect on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Until next time.